Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and you are live on The Breakdown with Sharifa Hardy and Marvin Showtime Williams. That is moi here on this wonderful <laughs> Tuesday evening, getting ready for another fabulous show, another impromptu show if you haven't figured it out already. But I know our listeners out there, they're kind of savvy, so I know they're going to figure out that this is another Tuesday full of all kinds of talk, really on no parallel or path or no particular topic other than Marvin and the Sharifa universe so that you understand the people who you're going to have to put up with for the next few years of success as this <laughs> merry-go-round gets higher and higher. How you doing, Sharifa? I am excellent. I love that introduction today. <laughs> there it is. That's how I'm feeling. And this is show number four. Uh, so, you know, I'm already feeling like, you know, like I've been here for 40 years doing this. At show number four, I, I, I hate to see what I'm like around show number 200. Woo-wee. You got your groove. You know how to do the, the strokes now, you know. You're doing uh, you know all that intellectual rapping. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah you got the moves down now. Uh, you know what I'm saying? All, all you have to do is pay attention to the music, and you're going to know which way to go. That's what I'm saying. That's right. That's right. There it is. And see, you the music. See, we like a, a harmony. You know what I'm saying? So you laying that part of the track down. All I got to do is pay attention, and we're going to make this music. That's, that's all I know. That's, that's all I need to say right now. Okay. We're going to make this music. We're going to make this music, this intellectual romping music. That's going to be the new, uh, new mixtape for Marvin and Shreve coming at you live, and uh, we're going to hit Spotify <laughs> and everybody else with it, too. There you go. That's right. So we can hear records so, as far as Hardy. downloads. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, well, you know, we will because, you know, when I look at the track record, I look at the trajectory of this show, you know, there's a lot of fun in it, a lot of, a lot, a lot of heart in it, a lot of soul in it. And on the flip side of it, you know, I was very – actually, I'm, I, was, I was thinking about it, you know, today, how, you know, our first, uh, you know, our first caller, if you will. Was he our first caller, your dad, for the show? Like, yeah. technically, our first yeah. caller. Show. Our first caller, yes. you know, is like – you know, it was pretty profound to have him on the call. I, 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 you didn't let me know what was happening, so I didn't know who was calling. So I thought it was pretty, pretty interesting that he was our first, and he had some very interesting things to say that um, I thought about today. And um, that's what this show's about. This show's about, like, touching people in a way that we don't even know that we can touch them. Like, I didn't know your dad was going to give that kind of information on the show. And there it was. So I'm ready to retire. Boom, there it is. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to give that um, that kind of – I didn't know he was going to ask, you know, what your sign was or, or what um, was going mm-hmm. on. Um, mm-hmm. But I saw that he was listening for, um, for the um, entire show. And so I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Oh, wow. And then okay. when I said – you know, press one to call in. You know, I got to do my little routine. I haven't done that yet on the show, but I'm going to work that in there. But when I said call in and then press one, um, he mm-hmm. waited for a while. So I was like, okay, he, he's not going to press it. He's going to resist the urge to hit the one. Right. But five minutes, right. five minutes prior to the show ending, he, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it anymore. He just had to hit it. So he did. It was good. Uh... It was fun, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very grateful that in everything that I do, everything that I've, you know, always done, my parents have been very supportive. Um, 
you know, oh, that's and it's funny because I always tell people that I'm, I have the best of both worlds. My dad mm-hmm. has been an entrepreneur his my whole life. Okay. You know, I'm over 40, and I've never seen my dad work a day job. He has his own plumbing um, business. You know, he does HVAC, handyman, different services mm-hmm. like that. So he's always mm-hmm. been an entrepreneur. And then I have my mother, on the other hand, if you ever heard of the company, the business, the organization called L.A. Care. So L.A. Care oh, I'm, provides. Oh, I'm, I'm L.A. Care. L.A. Right, Care, the other building like over there downtown that. off the 110. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where my mom works. So my mom um, is in the marketing department for L.A. Care. So if you are one of those people who ever received the L.A. Care newsletter and it talks about all the benefits and what L.A. Care is doing, that's my mom mm-hmm. who puts together that package. I have my mother who, you know, has always been corporate. I have my father who's always been entrepreneurial. So I kind of like, okay, which hat am I wearing today? And mm-hmm. which, you know, by which energy do I want to be in? But it just really helps for me to be able to see both sides. And then when I get their opinions, I can look and see, okay, I can see, you know, where they're coming from. That's crazy. You know, I, I don't I don't even think you know this, but you know I had a, an office in the LA Care building. My production company. I was um in the LA Care building in downtown in downtown LA. Oh wow, no, I didn't. Mhm. All last year. That's where we were now I was moving to Century City. And that's crazy because that means I was next to your mama, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. But So um, what are we talking about today? Mm-hmm. Well, today is uh you know, I want to go back into the topics that you've already that we were kinda of landing on in terms of inspirational. We were talking about presidents, we were talking about, you know, the all star game in the news and of course, you know, Flint mm-hmm. was making news for what she couldn't do with you know, with the anthem. Um, right. But you know, I, I've liked the I've liked the tone of the show to where basically we kind of um, we kind of in, in the beginning of all of our shows right now because this is more the impromptu format for now. You know, we're always kind of mm-hmm. like finding our way within the first few minutes of the show. Then we kind of get going on a topic, right? And it's either right. the topic of the day or just a wider topic. So, and you've been very good at pointing the path in the direction of each and every show. So I was mm-hmm. thinking, you know, um, I can ask you, you know. Uh, first of all, how was your day? Because I know that you get into, involved with a million things. And the reason why I'm saying that to our listeners is because, you know, Sharifa, for you guys who don't know and gals who don't know, Sharifa advises companies on a daily. So whether she's dealing with companies who want to go public, upstarts, you know, a new dream, or somebody who's already uh, been in business 20 years, you know, Sharifa has interactions with all kinds of clients. So I was going to say, you know, just asking you for our listeners out there, you know, was there any particular interaction today or in the last few days that kind of stands out that you think would be something um, to, you know, guide our path for today? You know, anything funny, peculiar, or just, you know, anything that you want to talk about? I'm so glad you asked that question. We're back in therapy now. I'm feeling the therapy angle again, you know, because uh-huh. mm-hmm. I needed it. I need to talk. I need to share. I need to vent. But okay. one thing that I noticed and I thought um, – that was kind of funny um, mm-hmm. was I've been in a whirlwind, you know, starting okay. this mm-hmm. show, the breakdown, 
has been a little um, challenging to a certain extent because this is the second show that I do a day. So now gotcha. I'm preparing for this show. I'm preparing for the 8 a.m. show, preparing for the 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. show, working with clients all day. So it's like mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks I've been like um, just for to a certain extent all over the place trying to get the schedule done. <laughs> we finally got the, the website launched. So I think it was more of everything that I was doing as opposed to any particular um, client. I had speaking engagements this weekend. I did a, le- a lecture on business basics okay. for the spiritual entrepreneur. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. topics, um, spiritual entrepreneurs. And I kind of caught on that phrase a, a few months ago because we were talking about entrepreneurs, and I started mm-hmm. to notice that a lot of spiritual entrepreneurs have a lot more money issues than the quote-unquote entrepreneur or the business owner, you know, mm-hmm. because people who are in business, they don't have, uh, they're not afraid to say, I want to make money. I'm in business to make money. But a lot of spiritual right. people who are so focused on spirituality and saving the world and loving everyone, sometimes mm-hmm. they push money away because there's still a subconscious belief that money is the root of evil. So mm-hmm. these are some mm-hmm. of the, the themes and the you know, that I work with, with my clients to help them take a look at their business practices in ways that they may be unknowingly pushing sales, pushing money, pushing clients away. And so these are the, the areas that I help to work with. So that's been my last few days and, and mm. today as well. What's going that's on with you? crazy. Um, you know, always, always, always looking like I got it all together and secretly going crazy. So, you know, that's always me. It's always, I, I run the Disneyland empire. So it's kind of like everything when you come around, it's like, oh, that's so neat and pretty and pristine. And then you go below, you're like, oh my goodness. It's like, you know, a nightmare. Kidding. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's just dealing with, you know, the projects that are upcoming and then, me, I, I dreamt of a new short that now I want to produce. So okay. that's in my head. I'm actually working on, you know, part of it. Um, I started it today. And, you know, the, the reason why, for anybody who's involved with entertainment, you know, your work is your business card. So I feel like right now um, there's a couple things going uh, that are going in the right direction that I feel very blessed to talk about. But, you know, I'm in entertainment for, for pretty much that's my chosen career that I've I've selected that's my path. So, you know, in years from now, you know, God willing with health and everything like that, it's just, you know, you know, we'll see movies dropping and all that kind of stuff because they're, they're, they're coming out this year. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a daily grind to just get better, to improve, and, um, and to stay focused. And, you know, the, the word focus and discipline are always easy to say and talk about, but day-to-day, minute-by-minute, second-by-second, they're always hard to achieve. I've noticed that, you know, everybody in a in a room where you can agree to be disciplined and to be focused, and nobody's going to really say, no, nah, you don't need no focus. No, nah, you don't need to have discipline. Everybody's going to agree if they have any little bit of intelligence. But the only problem is when everybody leaves that seminar or leaves that particular room, you know, they get back, they get, they go back, uh, they go back uh, blank crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like church. Like when people come in on a Sunday, they all agreeing with the pastor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the night before, they was in the club on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Which is and why I Friday stay night, out of that was church. In the club too. Yeah, but you that, know that's why like, I stay out of the church. But a way to stay out of the church, but you see the point. The point is, 
you know, people, you know, they, they all agree with the pastor. Oh, yeah, oh, that's wrong. Oh, yeah. You got to get to know your, your mate before you do this and do that with them. And you got to know, get to know the person. And then the pastor will say, you know, the women out there who are the guys out there struggling with relationships. And then they're the, and everybody will agree. Oh, that's great common sense. But the night before, they were doing something different. So right. it's like that for us as business consultants. You're going to have, you know, me as a producer, I'll talk to people and they'll agree with the logic all day because it's logical. Oh, it makes sense. But what they do after that meeting a few days later always makes me scratch my head like, we talked about this already. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Why did you go do that? You see? And sometimes right. I, I don't know whether people have this thing for, you know, <clears throat> they, have, um, they have a self-destructive gene in them or secretly mm-hmm. they do not want success because maybe there's like a guilt layer like somewhere surrounding them and success. But I've noticed that a lot of times, you know, when you're in discussions with people, they'll agree with all the logical stuff. But when it comes to their actions, they look like they're self-destructive. So it's just the weirdest phenomenon to me. Well, why do you, you know, say they're self-destructive? And, well, because it's self-destructive because people know the a person with a decent level of intelligence, when you talk to them, you can have a very good conversation with them and – you can see eye to eye, and they can, you can talk about goals. And even if a person doesn't have a five-year goal, a one-year goal, a two-year goal, you can talk to them about goals. They'll agree with you, like, oh, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Perfect. Yeah, I want to do that. But their actions say otherwise. So sometimes I think people are inherently self-destructive because I think people, you know, we're like, um, we're like, a sh- we're like sheep. We flock. We were social entities. We like to be around each other. And success is lonely. Success picks you by yourself. Not everyone can be successful. Not everyone can be the millionaire or the billionaire in Bel Air, seemingly. You get what I'm saying? And I think sometimes I've been around people like that, too, to where they're, 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 they're tracking very wonderfully for success, and they kind of just bow out. I know for me personally, I've done it, you know, in my life to where, you know, I'm tracking very well. And it just feels lonely at the top. It feels lonely by yourself there, and you kind of like, uh, I've seen myself, you know, kind of like mm. cool off my own my own jets just so I can be amongst the people again. Because what happened, Marvin? Not, Marvin, what happened? Yeah, what happened? You need a hug today. Something happened today. Let's 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 talk about it. It didn't happen. Let's, no, no. Today was today was great. Today was great. <laughs> but no, no. I'm, I'm, about it. But in all honesty, I can I can I can I can talk about it easily. Exactly. I can look at my sports career to where when I was in high school, it was me and my buddy Marcellus. Marcellus would go on and play for the Buffalo Bills, and he's a host of ESPN right now. And I had a few buddies of mine who went pro. My boy Adrian went and got like three Super Bowl rings. And not knocking their talent, but we were kind of all within the same range of talent. And I looked up to them. We played amongst each other. It was that, you know, that friendly camaraderie. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it was Mm -hmm. our stats were there. We were there as men. We were there as athletes. But then, you know, something started happening, happening in my personal life to where I let that take center stage. And I could have chose to stay where I was and keep plateauing. But, you know, the weirdest thing happened. I remember when I hit high school, a couple guys that I had went to, like, seventh and eighth grade with, our relationships changed when I was in high school. You see what I'm saying? And it wasn't – nothing really changed between me, but all of a sudden now I'm playing on these sports teams – out of the whole group, I'm really the only one playing out of sports teams except for, like, one of the teams where one of my other buddies played on it. But I just noticed my relationship with my, with my guys who I had spent the previous four or five years had changed. And then I noticed that, you know, as I was in high school, 
you know, things change there with the amount of level of success you get. And then years after that, and then years after that, things change. And if you're successful, you know, I guess it's true. You got to, you, you kind of, you get a little bit more lonely, you know, in certain regards, but then you got to kind of, kind of seek new allies and new friendships because sometimes you just, you can't keep relating to um, your friends if they're not striving like you are, if they're not going in the same dimension as you. You know, I look like, I look at Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. You know, I look at them two guys and they were on the same team, but they have different levels of success. Even Scottie Pippen financially had, you know, some, some situations happen. So it's just like, I wonder how close those guys really are, even though they played on the Bulls for all those years, you know, it's kind of crazy. No, I mean, I don't think it's crazy. I just think that it is one of those things that make you go, hmm, you know what I mean? I, I think that yeah. one statement that you made I would slightly disagree with. I think mm-hmm. that everyone can obtain success. I, I believe that it's available to everyone, especially mm-hmm. every American. I mean, and I, I'm one of those people. I love, I'm proud to be an American. You know, when people talk about race. Wait a second. You said everyone can be successful, right? Yeah. You, 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 so, well, okay, I'm going to lock you in. I'm going to lock you in right there. You said everyone can be successful, and I'm going to lock you in right there, and I'm going to come back to you after you make your beautiful statement. No, 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 no. No, that was, that was the end of my statement, so lock me in. No, because I, I felt like, you know, you were expanding. In, mm-hmm. in, 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 no, in I love certain it. Areas. Like, you know, you were, you were, you were saying, like, you know, you're proud to be American, so I didn't know where you are going with that one. So you're like, you're proud to be American, not every, everyone can be successful, and you were going in a direction, and I feel like I accidentally cut you off. I'm trying to lock you in. Yeah, that you, one you did. Yeah, okay, my fault. You, I should you just cut you off. You was on a run right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, so I, but it was I, good. I, I know what I was saying, because, you know, I might have to start singing, I'm proud to be an American. That's my song. That's my jam. I, I, I roll to that in the cut all the time. But anyway, what I was saying was, it may not be anywhere else in the world but mm-hmm. the beauty of America and the beauty of being an American is that you can be born broke and die rich. You can be born rich and die broke. Everybody has the mm-hmm. same chances and the opportunities that anybody else has. So that's my whole point. Anyone can be successful. Business, especially now, is 2018. There's information, on, you know, Everywhere. You can Google the information you need to start any business, to operate any business. There's nothing, you know, you don't have access to. So anyone can be Mm -hmm. successful. So block me in. Block me in. No, no, no. And and my statement is, like, you know, not everyone can be successful only from the standpoint of mathematically. When you look at it today, the system, this system – this capitalized structure that we're in right now is kind of difficult for everyone to be successful, even though I understand what you're saying. Because from the standpoint of the information that we have, the fact that we're in a country that allows for, like, you know, a free market is capitalistic. It challenges. Uh, there is a competition. I get, I get all that because, then I mean, you can look at a person like Mark Zuckerberg popping up or Bill Gates popping up or Steve Jobs popping up. But my thing is just for if we have – What's the population? 370, 370-something million people. If all of them could reach Mark Zuckerberg's status, that would be crazy. If all of them reached Bill Gates' status, that would be crazy. Um, the, 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 the economic divide, and this is discussed in politics all the time, you know, it's grown. 
you know, you have a larger gap between wealth and people who are poor in the country. So while I agree with the spirit of what you're saying, the reality from the statistical standpoint of just the numbers that are even brought into, like, you know, presidential campaigns, I mean, the Obama campaign, that's one of the biggest things that he ran on, the fact that the middle class was actually, you know, those numbers from in between rich and poor, they were growing, you know, the gap. And that, to me, isn't necessarily um, an environment where everyone is succeeding. It's an inver- and, and I understand what you're saying, though. In your mind, because the way that there's all this opportunity, everyone can't. <laughs> in your you. mind. That's, that's not a little no. crazy, just in your mind. No, no. So let me, let me, let me no. differentiate. Let me differentiate. Okay, but, but let, me, let, me, let me finish. Let me, let, go ahead. Let, go, me, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Let, good. Let, go ahead. Let, go ahead. Yes. Let, let me cap yes. off the bottle of soda yes. with this. Cap. Is cap. I understand why you would say that because you are a business consultant, so therefore everybody comes to you, you're going to see the light within them and say, yes, you can be successful. I agree with that statement. They can be successful. Just the reality is we know, you and I both know, 95% of the startups fail within the first five years. Even though they all can technically have the ability to be successful, 95% of them are going to fail. I'm going to cap it there. We'll cap it. No, so what I was saying, because I, I think I, I went off into a different direction that maybe wasn't clear. I wasn't saying mm-hmm. that everyone in America can be rich. I was saying that everyone mm-hmm. in America has the ability to be rich. So those are two different mm-hmm. points. You know, that mm-hmm. that's a difference. I, I understand and appreciate that everyone, you know, isn't going to be rich. Because if everyone was be rich, we just create a new level of poverty and, and um well, so that everybody wouldn't be on the same level. But my point, again, is that there's nothing stopping anyone from creating mm. the life that they want to live. Everyone has the same ability. Um, people just use their tools and they use their talents. That's why God gave us all at least one talent. Everybody has at least one talent, and that talent is for one reason only, and that is to sustain mm. yourself. Basically, pay your bills. That's what it's for. Your well, I, I got a, I, I got a, I, I got a question for you then. Now, mm-hmm. let's talk something. Let's talk real. Let's talk about the um, amount of drug addiction there is in the country. You know, you know. Um, I think it's heroin. The opium mm-hmm. epidemic has mm-hmm. went hard inside, like you know, rural America, where where mm-hmm. uh, where heroin used to be considered, like you know, in the eighties, like you know, a black poverty driven drug. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Harlem, mm-hmm. L.A., it was really in the inner cities, right? Now mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. in rural America. you got the average little white kids out there just, you know, getting loaded up. You know what I'm saying? Heroin mm-hmm. is hitting them mm-hmm. hard. And when you look at, mm-hmm. like, you know, meth, you know, crystal meth, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That hits well, these I don't little know kids hard. Either. <laughs> yeah, me either. But the point is, you know, you know, I look at the amount of drug addiction in this country, and like you're saying, like, what you said hit me like, you know, from the, from the, there's a, there's a truth to it and a naiveness to it, a naivete type mm. thing to it, because it's true. You, what you're saying is absolutely golden truth that you're in a country to where there's an abundance of resources for you and you can be successful, but I'm going to have you just, just off the top of the head, whatever Shreve really honestly believes, why do you think we have so much drug addiction, you know, school shootings, why do you think we have all these things that just collapse people, collapse communities, collapse environments, now whether they're black or white? You know what I'm saying? 
wow, we we went like from poverty to drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Like those mm-hmm. those are you just wanted to start some topics today. I feel it. I feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do I think we have so so much drug addiction? Was that was that the question? Well, well, the question is is going from one. We have two polars right here. We have your situation to where you're saying, and, and it's my situation too. I don't want the viewers at home to think I'm disagreeing with you. But where you're like, mm-hmm. where that optimism is on it, the Sharifa side, I'm going to say you're mm-hmm. the optimist right now. You're the one saying that you have, mm-hmm. you can make it, you can be successful. Everyone can be successful. And I think that's where you started. Anyone. Mar- Not where, everyone. Where I anyone. Too. Yeah, anyone. Where I, where I, where I, dis- where I, dis- you were like, Marvel, where I disagree a little bit is you were saying anyone can be successful. And I agree mm-hmm. with you. But then I want to talk about why then do we have such rampant drug addiction? Why is the economic divide widening instead of shrinking? If anyone can be, I think those are different you know, questions. Though. I think those are different. Well, no, well, different. Well, well, I look at success on different plateaus, not only just money. Because I look at people doing drugs and stuff like that. It's not just about money. You know what I'm saying? It's about something with inside themselves that's driving them to do it, right? Like when I'm pretty sure when you're talking to your clients, you're not just talking about success as a company. You're saying success, you know, across the board. You know, you have to have the balance of life, life and family. You get what I'm saying? Um, and as well as financial. So when I'm looking at success, it's just not, you know, just how much money you have in the bank. It's like how happy are you with, with the money? Is your money allowing you the freedom to enjoy life? You know, that's why I'm throwing all those questions at you one time in one big snowball. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let me answer the big snowball. Um, okay. I think those are, are a lot of different questions in one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But let me let me address the the poverty and why that's increasing in my uh, mm-hmm. my little humble opinion and what I tell my business owners. I believe mm-hmm. that there are a lot of different routes. Okay. But I also believe that one of the main um, culprits is the fact that we have used technology to basically eliminate jobs. So when you start Mm -hmm. to look at previous years, the majority Mm -hmm. of the people in the workforce, especially um, when you think of success, were primarily Mm -hmm. male. The Mm -hmm. male he would have a few secretaries. If he was very successful, he would have a few secretaries. He would have a few assistants. Whatever he mm-hmm. needs typed up, whatever he needed in his, in his system, his assistants, his secretaries would come and assist him. But now mm-hmm. when he can go online to the Internet mm-hmm. and have the computer enter the same information that three people or two people or even one other person did before, he now – doesn't need those people. So we're not just in that instance, but across the board Mm -hmm. in America, we're automating ourselves out of jobs. So we don't need Mm -hmm. the same staff that we needed before. So a a person can run a whole company. That's why you have more entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need employees. They just make their Mm -hmm. living, they earn their income and they, they do handle their business. So with Mm -hmm. us, automating our job and having a less need to hire, you'll also notice that the um, income has stayed basically the same as it was for the last probably 30 years. Um, Mm -hmm. Then we went through a couple of recessions. We had the last recession in, what, 2008? So a lot of people lost their job. It was almost as bad or in some ways statistically worse than the Great Depression. Right. 
And so mm-hmm. what happened was a lot of people lost their jobs, and that was bad enough, but mm-hmm. still had their jobs went from, I'm just going to throw out examples and rough numbers, but they went from mm-hmm. departments who may have had five or ten employees to departments that now have one or two employees. And so those employees who may have been due for raises or who may have, you know, deserved more money have now been told, okay, you lucky to have a job. So now you mm-hmm. work in the job of five people instead of one but you not making any more money. So while everything else has gone up, the cost of living, the cost of expenses have gone up. Jobs, the the wages. I mean, we I'm not I I won't even dignify wages with having a discussion on minimum wage. I'm talking about actual working wages for most important um, employees haven't significantly increased. So you have a lot of people who are unhappy and they're they're uh, miserable. One of the things that I always talk about in my um, speaking engagements is that full mm-hmm. people don't steal. Hungry people steal. You know, when you mm-hmm. have people who are hungry, people who are miserable, those, that's when they look for something else. And that's when you have more of the drug cultures because you have people mm-hmm. who they're bored. You have people who are unhappy. You have people who don't want to be sober honestly like their life could be in shambles but do they want to do the work and put everything together and um, you know do what it takes to be sober no because then they have to deal with the job that they hate at the salary that they hate and it's so much easier to just get high and wake up you know two weeks from now and not have to think about those problems well, you said something so, that was also pretty, pretty profound. Oh, no, I'm going to let you finish, and then I'll jump in there. No, I, I'm going to say, so that's why I, I still believe and I still know that anyone has the ability to, to become successful, to become very wealthy, um, mm-hmm. but usually people make other choices. So even drugs mm-hmm. is a choice. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that it, it, I'm not saying that to blame people. You know, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is a choice. At some point in time, somebody chose to do mm-hmm. those things. So if they mm-hmm. make choices where they choose higher and say, you know what, instead of, you know, and let me decide, well, let me finish that off. But <laughs> instead of spending this money for my business, I'm going to take that, that money and spend it on drugs. So they're not sacrificing right. what they need for their business. They're, I mean, and people talk about drugs, but there are so many different things that people don't take it a look, you know, when making comparisons. Some things are just the things that people want to do. And what I mean by that is, like, I've seen posts that say, okay, you know, people who smoke weed, he spent $10 on, on a blunt, you know, and if, if he smokes one blunt a day, oh, you know, that's like $70 a week, then look at how much money he's spending for the month. And I'm not Mm -hmm. justifying it, acknowledge it, but what I'm saying is, have you been to Starbucks lately? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. by the time you get you a large vente, cafe, cocoa, whatever you're drinking, (laughs) you throw in a coffee cake, you still over $10. You know, mm-hmm. but if you're an entrepreneur and you want to focus on your uh, your business and you want to make money, you want to be successful, you'll say, you know what, I'm going to put that down and I'm going to use that money for advertising. I'm going to use that money mm-hmm. to invest in my business. 
And that's one of the things mm-hmm. that I do. It's weird because, you know, we were joking um, earlier and we were talking about Valentine's and, you know, I'm, I don't like scary movies and I'm such a girly girl. But mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of shopping. Like clothes shopping, I don't do a lot of clothes shopping, purses. You know, I'm not into purses. I'm not into makeup, hair, nails. That's not my thing. But technology, mm-hmm. something for my business. I love Fiverr, Fiverr.com, the website. I can go drop mm-hmm. a couple hundred on Fiverr. Like, okay, I need this. I need that. I need that. <laughs> so a lot of things in life come down. And, and this is one of the things that you mentioned when we first started the show, simply come down to the choices that we make. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. So hit me, hit me, hit me. Break it down, break it down. No, I, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm over here listening to you. I'm appreciating your knowledge and what you're saying because it's going to intertwine with what I'm going to say. I'm just making sure that you know you finish what you were saying because I hate feeling like I've cut you off when you're in a very good rhythm. No, I mean I just that's really what I wanted to say. I really believe that anyone has the ability. I mean because again, I don't know if you noticed or I mentioned this, but I'm an ordained minister as well. You know, and I, I have to stand on not what I say, but what does God say? What does the word say? And I'm not just talking about um, what the Bible says. You know, I was raised Muslim. I have a lot of um, learning from a lot of different religions. But the the main thing is pleasure to give us the kingdom. You know, you talk mm-hmm. about all the cattle on a thousand hills. There's mm-hmm. everything that we want is but it's up to us to do the work and take the time and make the sacrifices and keep going. The problem why most people are not successful is simply because it's not easy. It's easy, but it's hard. The, it's easy mm-hmm. to to know how to do the steps. Any, like you talked about yesterday, how to, you know, be on television, how to start the film process. You can tell mm-hmm. anybody how to do it. That part is easy. But for them to actually do it, do it on a daily basis, that's the difficult part. So go ahead. I'm dying, dying, dying to hear what you have to say. Well, you know, well, thank you for that. And I really appreciate what you said because it's very, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the different polars and the way that you look at it. They, they intertwine mm-hmm. fine very greatly with um, how I look at it, too, because you said a couple of things that actually complement what I'm going to say. You know, one of the things mm-hmm. that you mentioned was like, you know, you know, when people, when there's no jobs, it's any other, and how people can basically, you know, or they don't like necessarily what they're doing, or even when you mention automation and, and computer mm-hmm. systems and software and how they change the jobs and the roles there. Um, and then you hit on also the amount of employment, the, 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 the salaries, you know, and, and then looking at the wages. And it's funny because I don't know, I remember watch, watching this one movie called The Big Short, and it pretty much talked about the financial mm-hmm. collapse. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things that Brad Pitt's character mentioned inside the movie was the rate of, uh, and this correlates to what you were saying, the, the correlation actually between the unemployment rate when it goes up and suicides, the suicide rate, mm-hmm. you know, and yes. how, you know, these guys, they won in the big short because they basically bet on shorting, you know, the housing bubble. But then Brad Pitt was like, mm-hmm. you know, guys, don't jump, up, don't jump up and dance because when you guys short the housing bubble, that's great. You'll make money. But in shorting that housing bubble, a ton of people are going to lose their jobs. And when that unemployment rate right. goes up, so does the suicide rate. That goes into what you were saying in terms of, like, you know, automation, but also at the same time when, you know, you have less need for the human resources, right, yes. the, the, the people, well, that naturally causes people to either, A, make the choice to go get different skills 
or mm-hmm. be trying to deal with life being unemployed, causing suicide mm-hmm. rates to go up, causing, you know, drug addiction rates to go up, mm-hmm. right? And divorce. You know, you see divorce and you see those correlations. Like just like you said, you know, drugs are a choice, just like success is a choice. And that's why you said basically anyone can be successful, but you have to make that choice. And then you fell right into the situation also when I was talking before with discipline to saying, you know, that's why I let it off in the beginning of our discussion saying I, I talk to people and we all agree during the time of being intelligent to agree, like saying on the phone or in a meeting, everyone agrees with what makes sense, the logical things. But going in and doing that, you know, um, walking those steps, being disciplined enough to make the necessary changes or create the necessary uh, momentum, that's what hard, that's what's hard for people to do. And that's why I was just looking at the blatant, you know, the, the blatant, uh, looking at society from a blatant view saying, hey, we have a ton of people who are poor, um, a few that are rich, and even though anyone could be successful, let's dig into what's going on. And this is even the way we, when we get away from, like, you know, theories of, you know, the isms, you know, the classisms, the racisms, and, mm-hmm. you know, things that are set up for certain groups to succeed and other groups not to, you know, there is always a level of intelligence that you need to have when playing the game. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I know you know what I mean yeah. when I'm saying that. You know, it doesn't matter if you're white in this country or black in this country or green in this country. Certain games, you just got to understand how to play. You know what I'm saying? Right. So right. Um, I, that's why I was saying what you said kind of, you know, fell into what I was going to say into a nice little weave. You know what I'm saying? It was a cool quilt of ideas that came together. Yes. No, I mean, but I, I agree with you. I, I just, when I speak to people, I, I try to, and I do this deliberately, I try to speak mm-hmm. in a very simplistic manner so that I'm not speaking over anyone's head so that I can speak to people in a way that they can receive the information. I also want people to understand that this is not just something that I'm, I love speaking in absolute. Anyone can be successful. There's no reason in the world that anyone can't be successful. And I'm not just talking about the choice to be successful or the commitment to be successful. People have to get it in their mind that they have the ability to be successful and they have to keep going. What happens is people give up. And you know a lot of people who have given up, maybe not in your circle, but you know their spirit. You know their energy when speaking to them, when talking to them. I know someone right now who lives in a Section 8 housing complex, and this person was offered a job, a very high-paying job, making um, somewhere they they were making good money. This person turned down the high-paying job because they would have have lost their housing if they took the job. Okay, you follow what I'm saying, Marvin? Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. were offered a high-paying job but Mm -hmm. turned down the high-paying job because if they took the high-paying job, their rent would increase because they're on Section 8. So I know a lot of people are like, okay, well, that makes sense. Why, you know, nobody wants their rent to go from $68 a month to $768 a month. I get that. But my whole point mm-hmm. is if you have the belief in yourself and the confidence in yourself and the and just the foresight to know what the future could hold, I would mm-hmm. rather gamble on the high-paying job. 
take the high-paying job because now because you have a high-paying job, you can afford to pay a higher rent. But some people just well, also, give up on but, their life. Well, no, you have a very good point there, but also at the same time, you know, that's just a crutch. You, you people are saying what's easy, what's easy is Section Eight, this and the other. You know, you take a high paying, a high paying rent, and if you know about personal finance, then maybe you move and you keep your rent low, or you do certain things to keep your rental um, expenses low, right? Use that higher paying job to, of course, create more um, things like credit, this and the other for yourself. So you can go ahead and take advantage of things at, at that level, the level. Um, Past that, no, I see what you're saying. I mean, because that's just people using, you know, certain parts of the system as a crutch and being comfortable. And comfort is a is a situation. That's why I like killer. It's a dream killer. Yeah, I I purposely create, um, you know, levels of chaos and an uncomfortable state around me sometimes, just because you know when we get comfortable and complacent, we don't necessarily move forward. A lot of times, people have been successful in this country due to a lack of comfort. You know, there's yes. been our, our success stories. A lot of our success stories come from people who were in an uncomfortable, uncomfortable situation. They hated so much. They became extremely successful after only because they were trying to get out of their uncomfortable state. Now, complacency, you know, that, 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 that adds to a whole new layer of, it, of, of, you know, a psychological breakdown for someone to where they would rather choose to be complacent versus jumping into a challenge. Right. I mean, but complacency mm-hmm. affects us in a lot of different ways. Uh, but mm-hmm. also, like you, you mentioned, that urgency or that, you know, uncomfortable feeling. Because I always tell people I one of my biggest strengths and one of my biggest weaknesses is that I'm never satisfied. That's mm-hmm. my biggest strength. That's my biggest weakness. I am never satisfied. Whenever I have one thing or I, I'm one some more, I, I'm, that's not good enough. I have to keep moving. And that's one thing about successful people. Successful people are never satisfied. They're never satisfied. They always mm-hmm. want more. Sure. They always want better. They always want different, you know. So when mm-hmm. you have these situations that make you uncomfortable, it's not just about it being uncomfortable. It's about what do you do with that feeling of being uncomfortable that puts you in a more successful uh, realm because you can be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then not, now you're a, a meth head. You know what I mean? It's, it's not mm-hmm. just about doing something different. It's about doing something different that is positive and that's going to give you success in your life. Now, I talk, I've talked before about when I was laid off. I always tell people, oh, I was laid off six or seven times. I was laid off six or seven times, but I hardly discussed the emotional effect that happened as a direct result of being laid off six or seven times. One of the things that I learned is that when you're fired, no matter who you admit it to, whether you admit it to your spouse, your boss, or whoever, if you were fired, you know you did something wrong, okay? Mm -hmm. When you quit a job, most people, 99% of people usually quit for a reason, they're going back mm-hmm. to school. They're relocating. They have to take care mm-hmm. of a family member. But usually there's a reason that is, is changing their employment status. When you are mm-hmm. laid off, it's through no direct fault of your own. It's not, I'm not even pointing the blame at the company that laid you off. But it's a situation that happens and that changes your life through no desire or actions on your part. 
And then when you move on and say you get another job, one of the things that happened to me is when when I first got laid off, my first time I was laid off was in 2001, right after – it was right after September 11, 2001, when everything happened um, in New York in the trade centers. All of a sudden, almost everyone in our company was laid off, and the company relocated mm. to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So I was mm. offered a job if I wanted to move from mm-hmm. sunny California to Fort Lauderdale, Florida with two small and kids a and a husband who refused mm-hmm. to go. So mm-hmm. I stayed here. But luckily, thank God, I found a job almost immediately. Now I wound up getting laid off from this other job in like four or five different ones after that. But because I needed a job, I went from a salary where my debit card, my ATM card, like I tell people, was magic. I didn't have to check the balance. I didn't have to worry about whether, you know, my account was going to clear, my card was going to clear, because I had more than enough money in the bank. I was a successful, I had a successful career. Now I'm laid off. I got to take another job making roughly $20,000 a year less than where I was before. And so now fluctuating and my life is changing based on just simply the job that I had taken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So these are, you know, if some people might have became crackheads, <laughs> you know, after all of this. Oh, no. But, I mean, of course. I mean, it, of course, you know, after 911, of course. I mean, things change for a lot of people. Like when factors like that happen, those macro economic factors the um no thing changing that and and that's why sometimes you got to realize that you're playing in the game to where sometimes the coach is going to take you out put you in overplay you play you not enough minutes you got to figure out how to make your brand go up you feel me yes you got to figure out yes. how to make your stock go up see that's one thing i think about you because even with your shows say um as sharifa this and the other you're always looking at ways to make your stock go up so, mm-hmm. no, Steve Harvey didn't call you to say, Sharifa, you on my show. Sharifa created her own show. You know, right. that's why when you and I both, you know, I don't know how many people you've had on your shows, but that's why when me and you bumped head on your shows, I looked at, oh, this is another way to increase the brand. Right? right. This is another way to increase value. And to tell you the truth, inside the world of Hollywood, you know, we all talk about, we all understand in America the power of real estate, real estate the power of buying something, um, a property, you know, um, an asset, and then watching the value of it go up. You buy it at $2, it goes up to $4. We understand this property, right, and, and the value of having property in your life. But people forget that when you deal with intellectual property, it's the same thing. When we're over here putting together movies, they have a certain value going in. What we look to do is increase the value of that property on the way out. It's the same thing as, these TV, as this music show. Uh, I mean, as 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 um, the music show. As our talk show, it's a property. Every time we lay down one of these episodes, that's a property. That's something now that is owned. So to me, when I'm, you know, we just, don't, we just don't preach it. We practice it because we're actually on this, um, this, this blog, our audio, our show. Um, we're actually creating more properties, increasing our own personal brands and our collective brand, um, which, which people should, for me, 
from from my standpoint, they should take that they should take from that and say, what are the ways that I can go out tomorrow and increase my brand and understand that things can change on like you know global or you know um, a domestic scale, not even international, but domestic scale. And you know my job might might do this, might do this. My job my my boss might hire a robot tomorrow to try to lower costs right. because he has to answer to people. And what are the ways I can increase my brand so when he's laying off people, I'm going to be one of the people there left having to manage these robots versus being just fired. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, a, it's a real trip when you look at society as a whole, but the whole thing is always just increasing your worth, increasing your value so that you always have a position in this game. Well, let me, yes, I agree with that. But also when, when you can look at that situation, you can look at it and say, okay, if I lost my job tomorrow, I mean, because I, I tell people this and nobody believes me. I don't know why. They think I'm lying. They, they do. And Sharif and I'm in, in Arabic means honest. Um, so I always try to tell the truth. But mm-hmm. I hate being an entrepreneur. Like, honestly, I do. I don't like mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur. I would honestly prefer to be an employer, employee if given the chance. You know, because as an mm. entrepreneur, as a, bin, a business owner, every aspect of the business is your responsibility. Every aspect of mm-hmm. the business is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And then as you grow, mm-hmm. you have more and more issues to deal with. you got your workers' comp issues, so you have more employees' issues. You have your employee wage issues. You have your employees' mm-hmm. time off issues. Then you have your client issues. Your cl- you know, you have a product. Maybe you have a lot of refunds. You have a lot of returns. You have customer service. You know, I just want to do really one aspect. That's what I want to do. Just well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one service. thing. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. That's cute about you. Um, that's only <laughs> because you've had in your past, and not putting on a business out there, you've had some interesting partnerships. You see what I'm saying? While you've been successful, mm-hmm. you've also had interesting partnerships, as have I. So my I, – and, and the flip side to that, you know, here we go with our polars. I love being an entrepreneur. I love our freedom. Mm-hmm. I love the fact That's that we can say, okay, okay, now put it to you this way. I'll put it to you this way. Right now, you're not worried about um, being fired from the breakdown. You're there as a partner. You see what I'm saying? And the funny part about that is – this is what I love about being an entrepreneur more than anything. I've been, and just like you have, I've been a part of projects to where you have the right partner and you make a lot of money. Mm. The coolest thing that I love about being an entrepreneur is when it's your crazy company that you created and it's giving you a lot of money and you cannot be fired for nothing because it's yours. I and and those, that's the feeling that I always strive for in any of my partnerships as an entrepreneur. Now, granted, I have a few partners, different way, different partnerships. You know, when I deal with um, Hollywood, because every new like you know film is a, a different set of producers, blah blah blah. But there's one parent company, my production company. You see what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. you know, we have different different partnerships here and there. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not. But I love it when. We're making and, – and, and, and you see that frequency more, actually, in entertainment when, you know, you're going whether this film or that film or this TV show, that TV show, you have a group of partners who are, like, you know, making money, and then you're making more money together. Sometimes, yeah, you know, because me and you have crossed paths on a couple of projects, sometimes we'll be dealing with partnerships or groups of producers that don't work. Now, those mm-hmm. suck because, of course, we're over there dealing with everything in our companies from A to Z, and on top of it, the money's a little strange. But when the money right. is great for your idea, 
and you sit back and wake up in the morning and talk about, what am I going to do tomorrow morning? Oh, I'm going to do my idea. That makes me a lot of money. Now, the times that I've been there, I absolutely love it. That, to me, is an addiction that I can't shake because you have the utmost power. That's when I, I, I remember I did this in my 20s, and it was the funniest thing. I remember I was messing around consulting, and I had got with this ex-stockbroker. And we messed around. We took a company public on the Canadian Stock Exchange. Now, that was all her doing at the time. I didn't know how to do that. But I remember taking stock out from that company, transferring it. No, no, no. I remember selling stock from another company that we put together. And I remember just the coolest thing in the world was when I transferred that money in my brokerage account to my bank account. And it took a few days, whatever, like Kevin Hart transferring, you know, from his savings to the checking. But I remember when all of a sudden I can go buy something. Now, here was effort. A partnership went great. Transferring this thing called stock, or actually selling stock, transferring the proceeds into my bank account, and I was buying milk. And I remember I went and bought a gallon of milk because that's always used to tell people. I was like, you know what? If you do it right, your idea is going to turn into a gallon of milk. So I went to the store and I bought a gallon of milk. And it was funny because just like you were talking about, you know, you didn't look at your ATM card or any other, you know, for that particular transaction, the milk cost was at the time, I think it was like $1.99 or $1.89, whatever it was. But there was so much money in that card, in that account, I didn't care. And I just looked at it and reflected the milk like, I bought you off an idea. You see what I'm saying? It turned tangible. It got real. That, you know, go grab a car the same way. Go grab this. Go grab that. So that addiction is what I love for me personally in terms of why um, I'm an entrepreneur because when, thing, when things are great, to me, there's been no better feeling as a business person, especially when you look at your kids in the eye and you're like, hey, we can do whatever because the idea worked and the partnerships work. You see what I'm saying? That's I hear you. I right do. Now. That's I do, but right you know what the thing for me, I know I love it, and we're going to make it happen, but the thing for exactly. me Boom. is that I'm a gambler, okay? Never go to Vegas with me, uh, never, okay? I'm telling you, I will be at the poker table for the entire weekend. I don't do slot machines, nickels, pennies, none of that. I play poker, mm. right? So okay. that's why I can't mm. leave, live in, in Vegas because I gamble the mortgage away. But <laughs> being an entrepreneur, your income mm. fluctuates. And I would be the the exact same way. Like, yes, I did it. The idea worked. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I got. Uh, I just put one hundred fifty thousand in the bank, and I did it. It's done. I'm set for a minute. Okay. Then okay, one hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand, a million dollars, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that money has to last, and it has to fluctuate. But and it fluctuates. This is the, this is the, I, like this is the I, I love calling this, I love calling this a female, you hit the keyword, I heard, I love calling this the female side of the show, because the only thing that I hear you use when I hit it is stability. The female side, yes. entrepreneuring is up, is up and down, it's very volatile, boom, it's like stock market, but there are ways that when you build a successful company, because remember, the same company that I talked about where, you know, sold stock, got cars, whatever, you know, there were salaries mm-hmm. there. At yes. the end of the day, all it, all, all it is, is, and, and that creates that Stability, because my other partner was a female. So she wanted what? Stability, the nest, everything cool. Yes. So, yeah, while we, while we go and we knock out, and, and, and that's one thing that I think that I really am so lucky to have seen now is the ability to go from the idea 
to what I used to say, hit, you know, we used to hit these licks, hit a lick, right? So we mm-hmm. get an idea, we make a little money, and then you got to go make some more money again. But then you advance right. yourself and you challenge yourself to go not only to close a deal, but have the same repetition of deal closing yes. to where now we're drawing salaries, right? And we're getting bonuses for the size of the deal. But the way yes. that the company is structured, those deals come in constantly. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the way the company works. It's a machine now. Now the deals are coming in, and we're just getting bonuses based upon the size of the deal, but no matter what, there's a set salary involved. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I see that happening for our show. Because then that, that's, that's no that's longer why. entrepreneur then. That's no longer entrepreneur. No, that is, you have a that is an entrepreneur. No, 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 no. You are an entrepreneur when you go out there and you create your own environment your own entity. You're also an entrepreneur, and I've seen it happen in people who are in, like, structured companies. A perfect example mm-hmm. would be Steve Moscow over there from Sony Pictures. When he went to create the TV division inside Sony Pictures, there was no TV division. I call that an entrepreneur inside of an, an establishment because you're going into a new environment. You're creating something new that's not existing. Just like when we created this, 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 the talk show, it didn't exist. You know, the breakdown didn't exist. So as the breakdown grows, and then we have what? Because you know they're already calling anyway our advertising partners, right? As the advertising partners grow, right, and then the salaries are all in there and they're locked in, we're we're still entrepreneurs because we created something out of scratch. Just because all of a sudden you're getting a check that says the breakdown LLC, you know what I'm saying, or whatever, you're still an entrepreneur. You created it. Boom, there it is. And just because there's a salary, you're still an entrepreneur because you went and created, you went and pioneered, you went and went to that mountain and said, I think there's gold. I had to Google it. We're about to end the show, but I had I had to Google it. So the online dictionary, and I found this article, which mm-hmm. I'll reference on entrepreneur.com. The online, my go-to online dictionary describes an entrepreneur as a person who mm-hmm. starts a business and is willing to risk okay. loss in order to make money. Or one who organizes, manages, and assumes the risk of a business or enterprise. And then it says, note, the common keywords are business and risk. If there's no real business right. or risk, you're but, not an entrepreneur. But, so we got 60 but, but, seconds but, but, for you to close no, out your point. But, no, yeah. I say just read. I know, I, know this is, I say just read the beginning of your statement, and you'll see what mm-hmm. I said was true. A person goes out and starts a business, Right. Or a person, you know, when you're talking about reward and risk, yeah. you know, and that's, and that's why I said there's also an entrepreneur, even if you're an established company, because there, there is a risk and a reward. There's risk inside of you, even if you're working for Fox and you decide to create a new division. The risk can be that you might not have a job if that division doesn't work out. You know what I'm saying? Perfect example is the CEO of Disney. When he went after a $200 million movie called Speed Racer, the movie flopped and then his job was gone. There's risk. You but the business saying? wasn't gone. No, no, but that's not uh, his business. Ah, excellent point. These are no. the kind of conversations and discussions we have at but, the Breakdown Radio right. Show. You do not right. want to miss out on any of these episodes. We will be back at the same time weeknights at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we're going to give the final word to Marvin Showtime Williams in two seconds. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking forward for tomorrow. So tomorrow you're going to come back. Okay, we'll tune in tomorrow. That's our our cliffhanger. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow.